the podcast for this month. And, well, the last few weeks have been quite interesting, to say the least. Uh, the middle of February, I lost my main website, richardflintphoto.com. What happened was, was I just logged on in the morning. Uh, still there. I occasionally do check the website just to make sure everything's okay with it. You know, no hacking or anything like that. Just to make sure that it's still available for people to have a look at. Anyway, I had a look at it that morning. Like I said, it was perfectly fine. I then went in the afternoon. Nothing. Wasn't there. And I thought, oh, well, well. Server problem, something like that. You know, they'll replace it. And within a couple of hours, the site will be back up again. After all, you know, even servers need maintenance. But there was still nothing at about half past five, something like that. Uh, and that's when I started to get a bit concerned. And anyway, I did a Google check and I found out that the hosting company that I'd been with for five years had gone bust. They didn't actually give any emails out. They didn't have anything on their website to say that anything was the matter. You went to their website, you could log into your account. But there was virtually no sign of my website apart from a few... Uh, small files that I couldn't get access to. Uh, anyway, a bit later on, everything seemed to start working again, so I was able to make some backups, which was lucky for me, because I uh, I needed to make backups that day anyway. I just finished uh, the last stages of rebuilding the website, which, as you remember, I might have mentioned uh, in the last podcast. And it was just... Uh, the thing that really annoyed me was was if... Uh, I didn't get these backups done, I would have to start from scratch. Anyway, fortunately, the website did surface again for about two or three hours uh, that night, around about half past six, something like that. I was able to make the backups, and then about two or three hours later, it just went again, and that was it. It just sunk without trace. So, you know, it's been quite an interesting time finding new hosts and things. Like a lot of things these days, you've got an awful lot of choice out there where you can host your website. Uh, and I've gone with a company called QIQ at qiq.co.uk. They have some pretty good uh, packages there, various different uh, costs and things, depending on what you're after for a hosting company. And they seem as though they do a good job. They certainly seem as though they do a better job than Webmania, my last hosting company that I was with. Um, it did annoy me that these companies can just suddenly go and vanish with your valuable website just like that. Uh, no warning at all. Especially if you haven't got a backup. I f was very, very lucky in the respect that I was able to get access to my server before the server was wiped or whatever they did with it and I was able to get the information off uh, the website that I needed to but uh, yes it was quite a time I can tell you it took me about a week to get uh, everything sorted out some of it was my own fault technical problems I got my domain name pointed it in the wrong direction which is sort of like typical of me really but Eventually I managed to get it sorted out, but it took a week to get everything sorted out and the email back up and running and things. So just keep an eye on your uh, web hosting. Every now and again just type the name into Google and see what comes up, what people are saying about the company 
that you're hosting your website with just see what's going on because there was indications of problems with my hosting company at the beginning of January and I didn't know about it because I didn't do a search but I think every now and again I'm just going to type the name of the company in and just see what people are saying out there on the internet just as a little bit of insurance and then forewarned is forearmed as they say you're able to do something about it and make preparations so that if the website does go down you've got somewhere else that you can go to and of course the most important thing is is back up your information don't rely on these companies to uh, keep your information perfectly safe whether it be photos websites music whatever it is back it up that way you don't end up beating the screen kicking the cat whatever it is you do when you're really annoyed with yourself um, I had a very very close shave it would have taken me an awful lot of work to get my website back to the way that it was and I was just lucky the website came back up again I was able to make the backups and get out I think there was an awful lot of people from what I've read that did notice that their site went down and they lost it and who knows some of them probably may not have backups so they've got to start right from scratch so back it up right Reuters pictures with all the things that are going on in the world um, I must admit I've found Reuters pictures to be probably the best photography news uh, website of the lot a lot of the newspapers tend to do similar sort of things uh, they do 24 hours in pictures and various other different uh, galleries but writers tend to have a bit more depth to theirs. Um, they usually contain more images. They update it on a regular basis. And they also have a rather good photography blog for photographers who work for Reuters. So you get a bit of background information on certain stories as well. So it's well worth looking at. And it's quite an easy address. It's www.pictures.writers.com. The link, of course, will be on the usual podcast page, which, of course, is darker-skies forward slash podcast. Um, you know, it's just fantastic to have all of these resources on the net. You, you're able to uh, find these. And, of course, a lot of these pictures aren't actually printed in the, in the press. Uh, there's only so much room, of course, in the papers. So websites do tend to use a lot of them. Uh, but they don't use all of them. So you, you get to see uh, some images, you know, that other websites don't have. Um, and they cover all sorts of stories. There's some that are photo stories. There are some that are just single shots, like the 24 hours in pictures type thing, which I often retweet because it's uh, just contains some fantastic images on a regular basis. So Reuters Pictures my first link the second link now this one was discovered on the telegraph um, and all I can say is I don't know it just sort of like got its hooks into me there's only ten, ten images uh, on this page but I don't know there's, there's something about sunken ships that I don't know they're very ghostly quite spooky even when they've been sunk deliberately to make uh, artificial reefs there's just uh, 
you realise that these ships were homes, uh, places of work for people. And now they're serving a different purpose, and uh, that's, that's very commendable. But there's, there's still something slightly creepy about the sunken ship. And it's shipwrecks around the world by Alexander Mustard. Now, Alexander Mustard, I've had a look at his website, and he does a lot of underwater photography, not specifically just about shipwrecks, but he does wildlife... Um, I suppose what you could say underwater landscapes basically but a lot of his, a lot of his is he's an underwater photographer so he, he photographs if he's underwater he takes it the pictures that he's uh done of certain ships I must admit the the first one that you come across when you click on the link um it's a ship lying on its side it was sunk in 1983 um I think it was involved in a collision and it it does I don't know it just has a very very spooky look the the light is absolutely fantastic in the shots the 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 water is perfectly clear these pictures were taken in the Red Sea so it's not quite the soupy green of the North Sea or the Irish Sea around the uh, UK coast um, he's got a good collection of underwater shots just detailing inside um, he's got a photograph of a VW Beetle that was sunk for for divers to use. Um, I assume it doesn't drive along the bottom anymore. Um, and there's also a rather interesting shot of some World War Two motorbikes. Uh, it was a British freighter that was sunk, um, and they're quite they're quite spooky as well. So that's the second link. That is Alexander Mustard. And his shipwrecks around the world. I just wish they'd put some more pictures in there. There's only 10. And there should be about 15 or 20, really. I mean, you could even actually push it to about 30 if he's actually got that amount of images, which I would imagine he probably will do with his uh, underwater work being around the world. Um, shipwrecks, after all, are quite a good place to find wildlife underwater. However, I have had a look on his... Uh, website and I can't find any underwater shots of shipwrecks on there so whether these are just plucked out of his uh, collection of images I don't know whether he's releasing a book which would be a good idea um, I don't know sadly it doesn't really say too much about the photographer that's a rather annoying thing sometimes about these galleries on the newspapers they just sort of push the pictures and just give a little bit of text and there's not really that much story behind them or it'd be nice to have a link to a website where he's got some more images that we can have a look at okay then number three well this was found on editorsweblog.org and the title of the piece it's an article which i think a lot of photographers should read regardless of what kind of photography they take because it, it does ask a few interesting questions about the styles that we employ in photography the image styles the way that the picture looks in this case the article which is titled award-winning war in afghanistan photo series raises debate is photojournalism an objective practice and it's to do with the New York Times photographer Damon Winter, who took uh, a photo series called A Grunt's Life, and he took it with an iPhone using the Hipstamatic app. 
If you haven't tried it for your iPhone, I certainly would recommend it. I've got it. I've had a lot of fun with it. Uh, there's a series of photos that I posted on the blog recently called the Red Series. I think they're in my gallery as well, but they're sort of a bit rough and ready in there at the moment. The gallery's still... Portfolio gallery and the main website's still going a bit of um, development. But the, the picture's in there, and they were taken with Hipstamatic. And basically, the argument has been that... The style of photos that Hipstamatic takes um, take away... They have too much style in them, basically. They take away from the story of what's going on over there. They shouldn't be that stylistic. Uh, the picture should be straightforward. And they shouldn't. you shouldn't try to make art out of a photojournalism story. I'm not going to really debate about what I think about it. I mean, I think to a certain extent... Um, of course, all photography is creative. Um, and I don't really see the difference between shooting a, a roll of black and white film, which, let's face it, we see life in colour. We don't see it in black and white. Uh, I don't really see the difference between shooting a photo story in black and white and shooting it with hipstamatic. It's just recording the event. It doesn't matter how you record something, what you use to take a photograph. It, it, if it's a good photograph, then that is all that matters. I'm not a big camera snob. Um, I would like to own a Leica M9. Sadly, I can't afford one at the moment. Who knows in the future? But just because you have a Leica M9 doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to make brilliant pictures on it. You can go out and buy a Holger camera and take some absolutely fantastic images with a camera that you got for, you know, several dollars. So I think, you know, to a certain extent, people seem to think that because it's taken with an iPhone, um, it's less worthy than something taken with a Nikon D3 or a Canon uh, 5D Mark II or whatever the heck they call them now. There's that many cameras and things out there that uh, really the camera information is quite irrelevant I, it always makes me laugh when you see photographers and they sort of like list the information it's quite useful but at the end of the day does it really matter what it's taken on as long as it's a good picture that's the way that I think about it well the last link is probably one that you might think is a bit unusual they're not particularly creatively brilliant like some of the other uh, photographers that I've mentioned, you know, they 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 don't sort of like bash you in the face when you see them and say, you know, look at me, I'm brilliant. Um, these pictures are a bit more subtle in the way that they work. Chad Gowan's pictures of storms in the U.S. It's another Telegraph gallery. Uh, there's only 14 images, sadly, um, but it is quite an interesting mix of pictures that Chad has taken of storms developing over the United States, Dakota, South Dakota, places like that. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a fantastic shot of what looks like a water tower, I think it is. It's titled Vivian, South Dakota, and there's basically just this blue water tower with this storm developing behind it. it it's quite a fabulous landscape image, Um you know, the the violence of nature is quite fascinating anyway, but Chad's pictures certainly put across how small we are in a scheme of things when it comes to, to nature. There's another shot a bit later on. A horse looks towards storm clouds in northeast Colorado, which, you know, almost has um, 
you know, a sort of artistic. I don't know. It almost looks like a painting in some some respects. Um, so I suppose actually my earlier comment about them not being as creatively are probably totally wrong there. I will leave that decision up to you uh, when you when you have a look at them. But I I think uh, I think some are quite straightforward shots and others Chad has managed to sort of create a, a fantastic subtle look to his photos probably helped by the the light of these storms storms are absolutely fantastic light sources uh they can get really really eerie soft light the colors can be quite unusual too as well um when i was in norfolk a few years ago the summer that i was there it was quite intense for storms it was uh there was nearly one every night and the light the way that the light changed uh was just was just remarkable so have a look at chad gowan's pictures and see what you think are they mundane or are they quite creatively clever i'll leave that up to you Okay, then, that's it for this month's podcast. If you want to check out any of the links, you know where to go, but I'll remind you anyway. It's darker-skies.com forward slash podcast. And, of course, you can also find out information and playback old episodes if you go to richardflintphoto.com forward slash podcasts. So, until next month, take care, and I'll see you again in about a month's time. Bye-bye.